What's going on YouTube, Spotify? Welcome back to a convo with the fans, for the fans. We got Mr. Tyler Suplex here. Uh, you want to tell him a little bit about it yourself? Hey, what's going on, guys? It is your boy, Suplex. If you guys do not know who I am, I am a pro wrestling content creator who uploads to TikTok, uploads to YouTube, uploads to Twitch.tv, and sometimes I put spicy takes on Twitter. Uh, but mostly I'm well known for doing skits, doing funny comedy bits, and all types of different genres relating to wrestling. I'm honored to be on your podcast, Russell Spot, because I've been watching your content for quite a while now, and... I genuinely love your content, man. I think you're one of the best ones on here. I appreciate that, man. Um, today we're going to talk a lot about you. Uh, talk about your early days as Tyler Kuhn, um, your transition from that to Suplex, uh, balancing life and content creation, and even dip into a little bit of uh, you wrestled, man. Um, I did. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get into that a little bit. But do uh, you want to just tell a little story about how um, you know you had that channel for like nine years and and how it, uh, yeah, 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 sure. So, when I first started doing content creation, it was on YouTube, and that was back in 2011. And 20 was 2011, yeah, it was 2011 because I was a, I was a freshman in high school. And you know, back in 2011, that was the uh, PewDiePie, mm -hmm. Smosh, Dashy Games era, and I, I think a lot of those guys are actually still here and around, but that was really, I would say, their peak, and that's mm -hmm. when everybody was really trying to. I don't think YouTube was, well, I, I don't think, I know YouTube was not as hot back then, but it was also kind of like the Wild West where you could kind of get away with a lot more things on YouTube as of today, you really can't, you, you can't really do <laughs> yeah. too much now without fear of cancellation. But that being said, uh, 2011, I started doing YouTube and it was just, you know, me putting on a camera, recording myself talking. It was not me doing anything serious. I was just a teenager trying to occupy time when I can. And around 2012 i made a friend online and we decided we wanted to be content creators and we started you know making gaming content and sadly we're really not friends anymore but we still continued on doing it obviously i'm still doing it i think she's still doing it on her own end of the internet um that kind of transitioned from gaming to wrestling in 2015 and i kind of made a new channel it was called the tyler williams channel in 2015, I started reviewing NXT. I started reviewing Raw and SmackDown. Really WWE because that's really all I watched. I didn't really have any knowledge of the indies. Or, like, basically by 2015, the only thing I knew was WWE, WCW, the, the little bit I knew of it, ECW, and TNA Impact. Because by that time, I was watching tna but not much anymore by 2015 i think the only time i really watched tna weekly was 2009 to 2012. Mm -hmm. so by that time i only knew of those promotions so i was reviewing wwe and talking about it i still believe that period of time was really some of my worst content but you know i'm young i don't really know what the hell i'm doing um by 2017 2018 new japan actually started to come up and become a little bit more popular and that was really all because of chris jericho i would say and his mini twitter feud with kenny omega which <laughs> blossomed into an actual wrestling match at wrestle kingdom 12 and that is when i decided i'm going to start covering new japan and from 2018 to 2020 i covered and talked about new japan i even gained this 
bit of a reputation on uh, YouTube and Reddit for being like kind of a New Japan guy, which I thought was really cool. Um, sad to say, I don't really have much of any New Japan content on my YouTube channel anymore mm. because some of you may notice, some of you may not know this, but in 2020, uh, I believe in the mid- you know what actually we're coming up on two years now because it was July 2020 when this happened. Uh, in July of 2020, I got an email from YouTube that said copyright takedown notice. Now, I've gotten copyright takedown notices before. I, I was like, all right, I guess it's from a New Japan video or something, mm-hmm. whatever. So I go to the email and it says copyright takedown notice. Your account will be deleted in seven days. And I was like, huh? <laughs> so I go to the email and the copyright striker from TV Asahi. But it is a humongous list of copyright takedown videos. So what I found out in that day is, is that somebody can copyright strike you, but they can also put up to five videos in one copyright strike. Because TBS Ahi, they copyright struck 15 videos of mine. 15 videos, but they all accounted for three strikes. And just like that, my account was put into a pending termination. And I had a panic attack. I had a mental breakdown over the next couple days. And I thought, you know, this is this is it. Like, I'm not... I, I don't know what to do at this point. Like, my channel has been my foundation for creativity, for content, for entertaining others. And now, just like that, it's being stripped away from me by this company that I've been doing content for for the longest time. Like, I feel like I got screwed over here by New Japan after all the fucking work I've done to, you know, get their name out there. But... That being said, I spent that entire fall, like basically from August to December, sending emails left to right to YouTube, to Google, to TV Asahi, to this guy, to that guy, talking to multiple people, trying to get my channel back. And there were times where I had my doubts that it would actually come back. But by December, I was able to get all the copyright tricks removed and my channel was back. Mm -hmm. And it was a it was like a victory. It felt like I fought so hard to get it back and I got it back. But even though I got my channel back, I really wasn't satisfied because I felt like I fought so hard to get all this back and I lost so much in the process. Like I lost so much time. I lost so much energy. I was in a lot of emotional distress from it. You know, I lost monetary revenue because I couldn't make content. So I wasn't making money off of that. And then on top of that, you know, when you have a long period of time when your channel is not is dormant and then a period of time where your channel is straight up gone because in that period of time, my channel actually legitimately got deleted. Now, mind you, it was only for three weeks, but my channel was legitimately gone from the platform. People unsubscribe, people forget about you, people don't watch you anymore. So I lost a lot of my fan base because of this. So when I came back, it was not to a lot of people. It was actually to a very small amount of people. And that really took a hit to, that was really a blow to my ego more than anything. Cause it's like, God damn, I fought for all this and to come back to such a small percentage of what I was capable of and what I can do. Mm-hmm. And I really just drug my, I would say just dragging my feet for YouTube for quite some time. And it was February, 2021 when I finally decided to pick up my phone and create a TikTok yeah. account. And a lot of that was because of a fan of mine who was saying, yo, 
TikTok doesn't really have a lot of wrestling content creators on it. You should dive into that market. And for the longest time, I always thought TikTok was a kid's app. You know, my sister, who's like 18 years old, she's seven years younger than me. She was doing TikTok or as it was called musically. She was doing that stuff back when I was in high school. She was in like elementary school. So that's what I knew. Like it's this dancing gap for kids. I'm like, what, what, what place would I have on the application? But I'm like, you know what? I don't got shit going on on YouTube. I really don't care about YouTube at this point. I'm just pumping out videos just to have videos Mm -hmm. out there. I might as well give it a shot. So I make a TikTok account and I'm thinking of a name. I'm like, what kind of name could I make for TikTok? Now, I put in Tyler Coon Williams and obviously that name's not taken. But I'm like, "Mm, I feel like, no, I don't want to take that to TikTok because that's really where YouTube is. I'm going to make this a separate entity. So I'm like, okay, what name could I choose? So I'm thinking of, okay, well, I go by Tyler Mask on my secondary channel, mm-hmm. but I'm like, eh, I don't want to really attach the name Tyler to it. Like, obviously, people call me Tyler Suplex because that's my name. My, my name's Tyler, but I don't want to attach Tyler to the actual account name. So I'm like, okay, well, I also go by Tyler Suplex. So I'm like, ooh, how about Suplex? So I type in S-U-P-L-E-X and that's taken. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, so what sounds like suplex? I'm like, oh, so the double O sound makes ooh, like, you know, Mm M-O-O was moo. I'm like, okay, so suplex. So I type in S-O-O-P-L-E-X, and what do you know? It's it's, it's available. (laughs) So I end up taking S-O-O-P-L-E-X, and that really became the brand from there on out. Now, much like everybody who starts out on TikTok, you know, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. I'm just over here hitting the red button and making shit i would say probably the worst tiktoks ever made was from february 2021 to maybe august 2021 like it was just a six month period of me trying to figure out what what am i doing on this application you know mm-hmm. by september i started to get about a handle and figure it out and by that time i had maybe six thousand seven thousand subscribers october is really when i started to find my stride and i started growing a little bit more and at the end of October, that's when I found out that my uh, my brother passed away, God rest his soul. And that, in a way, really just lit a fire in me. I, I don't know how to really explain it. But his passing really just kind of made me realize, you know, like, life is so short to be dwindling away or, you know, feel like you're wasting time. So I'm like, well, I, I shouldn't be just trying to figure this out. Like, I need to, I need to do like i need to do you know what i mean Mm -hmm. so i feel like by that point i'm like okay this is what i'm doing i'm going to upload two to three times a day and pump out the absolute best i can do and from that point from november to now i've grown basically almost fifty thousand followers like i grew tremendously Mm -hmm. in a short amount of time i think a lot of people who've been watching me since then know i had a really big growth in a very short time and it's it's been it's been quite a ride tiktok has been and i still enjoy it um as of right now i'm uploading a little bit less and it's not because i don't enjoy tiktok or anything it's just because i've been uploading two to three times a day since october like that that's a lot (laughs) of content that's a lot so i i talked to this one big tiktoker and he's like hey listen you know your content's good and all but you're going to burn yourself out if you keep uploading at this rate. Like, you, you've you made a really good amount of following at this point. There's no reason for you to upload this amount at this point. Like, you could keep doing that and 
you'll eventually start to either hate TikTok or you'll take a big leave of absence because you burned out. It's like you need to you need to calm down. And I'm like, you know what? I'll you know, I'll heed your advice. You you are a bigger TikToker, so you know what you're talking about. So I'm like, okay, I'll heed your advice. So I've so lately I've been uploading like one to two times a day. And I haven't uploaded anything yesterday, which I think yesterday may have been the not yesterday, a few days ago was the first time like I didn't upload anything to the application for a whole day. And it just felt so odd, like, whoa, I didn't upload anything. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't upload anything. That felt so odd. So in that period of time, you know, I just been really experimenting with a lot of different things to see what works. You know, every time I go to a wrestling event and I make content that obviously does well. If I do a skit, depending on what the uh, topic is or what the sound is, that'll do very well. It's just a lot of experimenting and seeing what works. And I've kind of got it down to a T now. So that's where I'm at. I'm about to reach 50,000 followers. I just hit 49,000 a few days ago. I'm planning to hit 50,000 by the end of the end of the month. So that way, the next goal is 100,000 by year's end. But yeah, that's where we're at with TikTok, baby. Man, it's, uh, it's great. It's a good, good, uh, good story. Um... So kind of thank you, thank bouncing you. back on that a little bit, how, because you, you have this is not something you just started doing or anything. You've been doing it for a while. How do you balance life and creating content? Uh, so I really don't get answered that asked that question too much. So balancing life and well, let me just say it's not easy at all. Like if you even if you're a, a small content creator, I mean if you're a small content creator, you can obviously afford to you know fuck around with content and just like you know oh i'll go out here i'll do this there in my, my everyday life and put content off to the side you can afford to do that because you're a small content creator if you're somebody like me and you're trying to make content you're living that you really just can't afford to do that because whenever you're not making content you're not growing so for me it's 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 been a it's been a weird thing so for a lot of my period i would say it's been i go to work Oh, I wake up, I make content, I go to work, I come back home, and I make content. That's really my work week. Now, on my days off, I'll, I'll break it up. You know, I'll go out, hang out with my family, you know, hang out with my friends. You know, you got you to gotta have a life at some yeah. point. You can't just make, you can't be a zombie, make content, do work. Now, for a short period of time, that's what I was doing, and I had to stop because <laughs> I realized, like, oh, my God, I'm I'm segregating so many people out of my life by doing that. Like I, I, I had to stop at some point. But you know, you, you just gotta find a little bit of an even balance. You know, for me, I'm single. I don't have any kids. Um, I obviously I have to pay bills and whatnot. But I don't have too many responsibilities right now outside of you know paying my own bills. I don't have kids and I'm single, so I don't have to look after anybody. Mm -hmm. And I don't have to you know come home to somebody and you know show them a bunch of attention so it's really been like you know when i come home it's me time so i get to use that me time to make the content that i desire and make the content that i know people are going to like so it's not easy balancing it because there are times where i have to put you know making content over hanging out with friends and sometimes it does hurt a little bit but you know if you want to get places in life you have to put that off to the side to do business mm -hmm. so it, it's all about balancing it out and i feel like a lot of people have their way balancing it out and what works for them works for them um so do you remember like a certain post or certain period of time either on your, your youtube uh or your tiktok that you know kind of like you saw that growth and you're like okay this is going crazy 
So for YouTube, it was during COVID. It was mm -hmm. actually around the time where New Japan came back in May of 2020. I actually did a video for New Japan and they used it in their comeback show, which I still kick myself to because it's like I'm involved in their comeback show and they fucking deleted my channel two week two months later, those fuckers. <laughs> but Around their comeback period, I was covering New Japan again. I was doing uh, live reactions for the New Japan Cup and reviewing it the day after. And my channel was starting to pick up a lot of steam. It was actually doing better than it's done in years. And once I got, once July came, that's when it hit a brick roll and my channel never recovered from it. Uh, well, actually, it has now that I'm doing YouTube shorts. My channel is doing better in the last four months than it's ever done its entire like its entire stage wow. which i think is surreal so if you guys have a youtube channel i would just like to say do not sleep on youtube shorts i have grown five thousand subscribers in the last three months bro <laughs> and i have also grown i was i want to say somewhere around two million views in the last five months so yeah don't sleep on YouTube Shorts. If you have, if you make TikToks, repurpose your content, upload it to YouTube Shorts. It is a great market for it right now. And I went from, uh, what? Where was where was I at? Was I at eight thousand or nine thousand? I was nowhere near ten thousand mm -hmm. when we were in April. But now I'm at fourteen thousand. So, I want to say, don't sleep on YouTube Shorts, guys, because I've seen tremendous growth from it. As far as TikTok goes. Uh, like I said earlier, it was October's when I started to see growth. The big spurt for my for my channel was November. Mm -hmm. That's when I was hitting like 10k, 20k, 50k, 100k. I hit my first million. Actually, I did two videos that hit one million in the month of November. I think how many milli clubs have I had? I've had I think six or seven millis. Um, and two of them came from november two or three of them came from january so january was another great month for me and i think one came from a bit earlier which has seen a lot of growth since then so yeah i would say the month for tiktok growth has been november january and honestly april was a, a really great month because i went to wrestlemania mm -hmm. and i got to make a lot of great content and we've been doing well since then we've been doing well since those since those months so, um I know you mentioned how New Japan used that uh, footage you had for the comeback yeah. show. Is that something that you mentioned to them, <laughs> like in like the emails and all that? So basically, they were they put out a tweet saying, "Hey guys, we're doing our I forgot what the show was called, NJPW Together Project. It mm -hmm. was their first show back after taking a leave of absence during COVID, and they're like, "Hey, we want fans to submit videos for us, and if we like your video, we will use it on our show." So I submitted, everyone's submitting videos out, and I'm like, what's going to make mine stand out from everybody else? Because that's always my thought process when I'm making content or trying to tell stories. Like, what's going to make me stand out from others? And in my head, I'm like, okay, so my one of my favorite New Japan pro wrestlers is Taichi. I don't know if you watch New Japan or if you know who Taichi is. But basically, Taichi, his gimmick is that he's like this pompous, almost like theater type character. Mm -hmm. And one of his gimmicks that I love so much is that he wears these chaps, these like zip up chaps down to the ring mm -hmm. and midway through the match, he rips them off <laughs> and he kind of like showboats. And I always find that hilarious. So what I did was that in early 2020, when I went to Japan, I bought Tai Chi chaps and I'm like, you know what? At some point, 
during the year, I'm going to go on stream. I'm going to whip off my Tai Chi chaps. And I said, you know what? This is the perfect time to do that. So I made a video of myself with the Tai Chi chaps on. I rip them off and I edit the video. So that way you obviously can't see my, my, my dick or anything. I put the Tai Chi logo over, over my area mm -hmm. and I ripped it off and I'm like, new Japan is back, baby. And within like, a day the video went semi-viral everyone's like liking it rocky romero he retweets it like a bunch of new japan wrestlers actually started what like liking it or whatnot so new japan ended up hitting me up and they're like hey we want to use it we want the rights to it da, da, da. i'm like yeah, yeah sure I like i love new japan like yeah fuck it take the video and i for the life of me if i remember what it was i would show it to you actually you know what we probably could i probably could show it to you on this stream hey, if you got like maybe two minutes i probably could show it to you oh, yeah yeah, yeah, you know, it's for your podcast. Let me see if I could bring up a show to you. But, like, it's... I know it's the first show back. That much I know. I think it's called Together Project. Uh, hold on one second. Because I, myself, have not seen this in... I don't know. T Together Project special. Here it is. Here it is. I haven't seen it since it's been done. Because, obviously, I, I haven't gone back to watch it for obvious reasons. Like, I've, I've watched New Japan now... I found it be easier for a long time. I couldn't watch New Japan because I was mm -hmm. fucking PTSD and shit. Yeah. But here we go. Together project. Do do. Green share. Go live. <laughs> here we go. So I want to say it was around. What part of the fans start coming in? I think it was around like the maybe the one minute mark. I still can't believe I gave the fuckers the rights to my video <laughs> and they played a fucking copy where it took my channel down. Those fuckers. This is how they repay me, bro. That's how they repay me. Those fuckers. Hold on, let me see if I can. Oh my god, can my computer actually get their shit together? Alright, here we go. I think we're at it now. Uh oh, it's still blacking out. And then finally. <laughs> I forgot how long New Japan was out. I think it was about like maybe four, six months, something like that. They were definitely gone for a while during COVID. So they were the were they the last company to get back in front of fans? They were one of the last. Well, you know, like AEW and WWE never stopped. New Japan legitimately stopped running. Oh, shows. okay. They just 110 days. Okay, so it was about four months. Wow. Yeah, they didn't run shows for 110 days. Here we go. I'm in here somewhere. I think my hair was green at the time, too. <laughs> hmm. 
Ah, <laughs> <laughs> baby Naito. Oh my god, what if they took my video out? <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's Russell Ranton! Hey! But well, they didn't take him out, so they wouldn't have took me out, I'd imagine. Or maybe they did. Here I am! Yeah! Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay, that was the video. So, yeah, I was actually <laughs> part of a New Japan show for a good bit. That's, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. Fuck them now, but yeah, I was. <laughs> uh, um, so, like, you said they emailed you and they asked for the, the rights to it? Yes. Oh, okay, okay. So that means like that video from there on you can't make you couldn't make any any off of it or no? No, I could basically since I signed the rights over, that that video belongs to them. Oh, so, okay. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, it's new. It's it's technically Tsubiasahi property. Oh, gotcha. That's the all that is the only only piece of anything that I made that is their property. Everything else belongs to me though. They go fuck themselves too. <laughs> we are going to dive a little bit more into your content, but I did want to ask if you had a any advice for a young creator that wants to jump on YouTube, TikTok, Twitch, anything. What would the advice be for them? Oh, easy. So, my advice to any um people who are aspiring to be a content creator is just start. Like I know it might seem like, oh, I need to get the right camera. I need to get the right microphone. I need to be in the right setting. I need, like, we could talk all day and wait and wait and wait until that gets done. Or you can start now. Because every time you're not making content, someone else is. And that person's going to excel faster than you because they're actually doing and you're not. So I would say start. You're not going to be perfect right off the bat. Nobody is. Nobody's perfect off the bat. So just start. You got to find your voice. So you're going to make videos and those videos are going to flop. You're going to make a video and it's going to get 10 views. You might make a video tomorrow that gets 100 views. You might make a video the next day that gets 200, then 500, and then the next one gets 50. Like you're just going to make videos. They're going to dip and go up and down. And that's all, the, that's all the process. That's just how it goes. You got to fail and fail and fail before you start seeing the uprise. Once you figure out what works, keep doing it like don't change path you can obviously have your own separate ventures and just know your separate ventures will not do as well as what's working but keep doing what's working until you reach that milestone whether it be 1000 or 10,000 or whatever you feel comfortable with keep doing that to reach your milestone then you start going out there and trying to experiment more and more and see what else works and when you find what else works keep doing that until you reach another milestone and then you keep on going and adding on to your pillars now you always go back to what works because what works will always end up generating you more views or whatever you're looking for but my uh solid advice is just keep on going because i did it i've been doing this for 10 to 11 years now for a lot of people they would have quit after two years five years of not seeing much success but i kept on going because i'm determined and now look at me i'm at almost fifty thousand. if i do the math over all of my um separate social media accounts i'm almost at seventy-five thousand across all of my social media accounts and you could be there too you can be there too all you have to do is start and put out your best content you know get in with your friends you know send it off to them like hey did you like this does this work the algorithm will tell you people will tell you if it works or not and that's the best i can tell you right now um as uh when i first jumped on i 
I'd always watch wrestling YouTubers and everything like that. But then when I started jumping yeah. on TikTok, I would see your stuff. I would see um, Narcolepsy Boy. And so I just made the thing, and I hit, I actually DM'd y'all, and y'all both got back to me. So uh, another thing I would say is might as well just shoot, and shoot your favorite creators a DM. You never know. Yeah, you never know, man. I mean, so we'll be honest. Some of, some people will not get back to you, mm-hmm. and they have no reason for not getting back to you. But the ones that do, just listen to them because they know what they're talking about. So, um, that was a little bit on the content. We're going to jump back into it, but I did want to ask, cause you did make your pro wrestling debut this weekend on the 4th of I July, did. <laughs> uh, in the, in the WrestleMania three ring with Roddy Piper's daughter. Yes. Yeah, so I was involved in a show called Sausage Castle Wrestling. I believe it was their return show. They haven't done a show since I think 2019 or something. It's the first show back. And I was involved in a battle royal that involved actual pro wrestlers <laughs> and some influencers slash content creators like myself, um, Heo Kevin, Love Panda, and Gary's episode, mm-hmm. I believe, were the four content creators that were involved in this battle royal. So we were all involved. We all had our parts in coming in here. And yeah, I got into the ring and I did spots with Roddy Roddy Piper's daughter, Teal Piper. In the WrestleMania 3 ring, which is so fucking surreal to say. Like, oh my god, I wrestled in the WrestleMania 3 ring against Roddy Piper's daughter? Like, who the fuck else can say that, bro? In their first match, too. And, like, I always tell people, like, I had a lot of people saying, like, oh man, you could do this, you were were really good, that kind of stuff. Listen, I don't have dreams or aspirations to be a pro wrestler. I I never have, and I, I still don't. Um, however, I will say I had a very fun experience, and I would be welcome to doing it again. So, uh, what did you like? What did you do to prepare for all this? Oh, okay. So my preparation for this show really was just figuring out what my gimmick is and how I'm going to be able to make whatever I'm doing the most realistic and best performance I can because I have no wrestling experience and I'm not, as you could tell, I'm not the fit. I got a little bit, but I'm not the fittest person in the world. So I'm like, okay, I'm not buff. I'm 5'8". I know people make fun of Adam Cole all the damn time, but I'm, that, I'm I'm basically Adam Cole's height as well. I'm 5'8". I'm like 170. Like, there's not much I can do in the ring of people who are like 6 feet, 200 pounds, you know, bench pressing every fucking week. There's not much I can do here, realistically. So, my vision of pro wrestling has always been art and storytelling. So, my my biggest thing was... What story can I tell? How will it make sense? How will it correlate? And how could it play into the future? Because I always am thinking forward. So I saw a lot of people who were online saying, oh, you know, these these influencers had no business in this battle royal. What were they going to do? Da, da, da. And I thought we all did pretty well. Oh, he, yeah. Kevin, he won the battle royal. So obviously <laughs> he did the best out of all of us. But, you know, when I got into the ring, I was... I had it in my head, like, listen, when I get into the ring, I'm not I'm not going to get offense in. I'm going to... No one told me to go in there and be a shit, be a shit wrestler. Like, that was kind of my thing. That was my idea. Everything that I did in the ring was really orchestrated by me. Like, that was all my doing. I went to Tio, and I'm like, hey, do this. I went to Kevin, and I'm like, hey, when I get into the ring, I'm going to sh- come and shoulder block you. And you're just gonna no style. I'm gonna fall. That was my idea. By the way, that was probably and one I'm, of my favorite and, parts of the match. Oh yeah. <laughs> and I had a lot of people laughing at me because I'm like, oh, this guy can't even run the fucking ropes. I'm like, well, I don't know how to wrestle, so like, 
obviously I could have spent time learning how to run the ropes. But I'm like, you know what? I think it's going to be a better story if I don't know how to run the ropes properly. Mm-hmm. And then I run into this guy and then I just fucking eat shit. And honestly, I did legitimately, like if you watch the video back, my neck, like I ate shit on that fall. And um, I know bringing kayfabe here wrestling is scripted i hope you know that anyway so basically <laughs> backstage people were like hey you're trying to take this but like tuck your neck <laughs> they're like tuck your neck because if you don't you're going to get major whiplash you might get hurt whatever the case may be and i'm like all right yeah i'm listening to these people so as i'm getting into the ring i forget to tuck my neck so when heel kevin stiff as me and i fall back i like my neck just now in the moment it didn't hurt like falling to the mat mm-hmm. did like i felt some impact but it didn't hurt that much because i'm running on adrenaline the uh the whiplash didn't hurt the moment either but when i woke up the next day oh my god man i cannot move my neck almost at all and then july 4th was the day after me and my friend went to universal studios i got on a bunch of rides i don't know why i thought that was a smart idea but it aggravated my neck even more so now i could barely turn it and shit i'm at work yesterday i'm like having to fully turn my body because if i turn my neck it's gonna fucking hurt but but yeah so i didn't really do much training it was just visual storytelling was all i was going for because yeah i'm gonna let you speak but yeah visual storytelling <laughs> was my way of preparing oh man um I don't really get uh, no disrespect to any of the other competitors in the match, but um, a lot of the memorable moments came from the influencers in there. So, uh, like, like the storytelling with Kevin and Panda, they'd been talking about, like, uh, shooting promos on each other, like, the past couple weeks. And then mm. as soon as they get in the ring, they're, you know, brawling. And I've, they're bad, they're I've, battling each other. Like, it made sense, right? <laughs> I ate it all up. I loved it. And then you, uh, you coming out with the, the selfie stick and the phone, and you just run right into a... A shoulder tackle, I think that's what it's called. I don't know. Um, yeah, it was a shoulder block. I, I ran right into him, and he gets me up, and he's like, "Listen, you can either be with us, or we're throwing you out." I'm like, yeah, "I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm with you." And then I just kind of end up being like a dick the entire match until T Piper mm-hmm. came in and like beat me up and threw me out. I told, I was told my elimination was like really good though. It was. I yeah. told I, okay, okay. Like I've been told that multiple times, and I'm like, I, I hope it was because it's like I want. One of my favorite match types is a battle royal mm-hmm. or Warrior Rumble. So seeing so many of them, I like I feel like I have a good visual of how to get thrown out of the ring. And that was my first time actually being eliminated. That was my first time mm-hmm. actually being eliminated. Like we really didn't go over my the original thought process for elimination was for her to firemen's carry me over the top rope. Mm-hmm. But I, I I think she scrapped it because she's like, that's probably a bad idea because he doesn't know how to fucking take it. Yeah. So she's like, listen, I'm just going to throw you over the top. I'm like, all right, I, I'll, I know what to do. Like, I, I think I think I know what to do. I'll, I'll take it. And, you know, I fell to the mat and I kind of fell on my shoulder a little bit. But my shoulder's fine now. So, you know what I mean? I didn't injure myself or anything. Um, A lot of people were also commenting on, like, the fact that I didn't get any offense in. That was by design like yeah. i did again the offense in because i didn't know what the fuck i was doing that was that was the story is that i was in the match trying to make content that was really the gimmick in the character so like <clears throat> put it this way my my vision of telling stories in the ring is how can what i'm doing now play into what's going to happen later now in a battle royal there's not really much that could happen later aside from the elimination but let's say i end up being booked for a second match right in story for the second match if i have more experience when i go for a shorter block i shouldn't fall to the mat this time Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
I shouldn't fall to the mat this time because I have more experience. That is a little tiny bit of storytelling because I fell to the mat the first time because I was skinny and I was scrawny. I didn't know what the fuck to do. The second time, I shouldn't fall to the mat. Now, I should knock the guy over the second time because I still don't have that much experience. But if I have a third match, guess what? That fucker's getting knocked down when I go for the shooter block. <laughs> Boom. That took three matches of a story to tell. But it was a story it's that a was story. fucking told. Mm -hmm. That was That's that's how I see it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, speaking of storytelling, and I'm going to kind of mo uh, merge that with your content a little bit. You have an event coming up, Matt Base Combat Homecoming? Sir, Matt Base Combat Homecoming. <laughs> you want to... Uh, kind of plug that a little bit and explain what's going to go down or anything yeah like so uh, yeah yeah so i don't really want to mislead anybody by thinking like oh map based combat's an actual wrestling event because technically <laughs> oh, it's no. not so basically map based combat is a ww2k uh, universe mode that i have been doing i i started back in 2019 it ended in 2020 technically mm -hmm. uh but map based combat is really a successor to a universe mode that i've been doing since 2015 called awc so it's really been a seven year long brewing story of a bunch of wrestling matches now when i first started awc which was an efed that was back in 2015 and it was me and a couple of guys in a facebook group we would just cut promos and i would just do matches i would literally just press play watch a match Somebody won, I upload it, boom, that's what happens. Now, as AWC went on, it turned to a legitimate fed. People would promo. The best promos sometimes will win, sometimes they wouldn't. Uh, a lot of people hated the fact that I tried to book the whole thing. They wanted to go by, oh, best promotion win. I'm like, I want to tell a story here, so we're going to go with the best story wins. And people didn't agree with that, so a lot of people <laughs> ended up like dipping out of AWC or whatnot, and that's fine. So I did that from 24, 2015 to 2017. Once 2017 ended, I decided, you know what, I want to kind of go in a different direction. And I just love to tell stories through uh, my own vision of wrestling or through writing or through music. Like, that's, that's, I just love the art form. So I create this another thing called Prodigy, which is successor to AWC, which a lot of people from AWC, either they have kids or not, and they're kind of in that. And from Prodigy came Map-Based Combat, which is a Japanese-based 2K promotion. Now, Map-Based Combat is where I really started to experiment more with how I can tell stories in the ring. So certain matches might go 25 to 30 minutes and would have like a element of, oh, this guy didn't move earlier and that came into play at the end. Or, oh, they're working over the limb. Or, oh, this guy did this and that led to that. I, I tried experimenting to with that more and more and more, and I felt like I got better over time. Now, also, map-based combat was my way of trying to creatively tell stories outside of wrestling, but more so um, through directing and producing. I kind of had this arc, which is very supernatural and very, like, I don't want to say goofy because that's kind of underselling what I made. But I feel like if you don't know what's going on, you might see it as goofy. But basically... There's this one wrestler named Jinkaze who's kind of like the star of the show or whatever. And he's being hunted down and chased down by this godlike figure named God Orion. And that's really the overarching story of, of the entire Map-Based Combat series. And that all built up to the very last episode, Map-Based Combat Rest of the Kingdom Night 2, where they faced off in this 50-minute long Avengers Endgame type <laughs> match that legitimately took me three months to make like i recorded 
multiple different takes, different camera angles, different matches that got put into segments, different type of text. And like it took a massive amount of time to put together that final match. But if you want to ever see what it's like to combine professional wrestling with Avengers Endgame and have that Lucha Underground level type storytelling, watch that match from the final show. It's really fucking awesome. So I ended up uploading a lot of map-based combat clips to TikTok just to see what happens. Mm. And people fucking love them. And I was kind of shocked because for the longest time I was doing map-based combat, it was to an audience of almost nobody. Like I would have maybe 50 or 100 people watch it but it was really me and my friends doing like a passion project because you know mm. we were doing an e-fed for a long time and we want to continue that and we continue that through map based combat so we told our own stories that way but now there's like an an audience of people who want to see us bring it back and i'm like oh okay well if you guys want me to bring it back then i'll make time for it the only reason why i stopped doing map based combat is because I was doing it for an audience of almost nobody, and map-based combat is a lot of fucking time. Like, it takes up a lot of time to make that. So, if I wanted to make, like, one show, I would have to spend at least, like, two days off recording, editing, commentate. Like, I would, it would take days off of my, like, if I had a day off of work, my entire day would be dedicated to this. And it's like, if I'm going to do that, I need people to fucking watch it. Like, I need yeah. to, it needs to be worth my while to make it. But now that I have a big amount of people who want to fucking see it, I'm like, okay, we'll do Map Based Combat Homecoming. So that's really the, uh, a one off show, a return show. And if that show does like really well, then yeah, I'll continue Map Based Combat and we'll <laughs> fucking do the 2K20 rendition of it. But yeah, Map Based Combat Homecoming. I don't have a specific day of the month just yet, but it is coming back. It is going to be a one show happening mm -hmm. um, next month. When I have a day, I will definitely let you guys know. But Map Based Combat Homecoming is a WWE 2K22 uh, call show. And it has some of the best wrestling you'll see. Some of the best stories will be told in that mat in that show. It's fucking awesome. You guys will see it. There's an intergender match on that show. There's a fucking tag team steel case match on that show. There's a triple threat match that's really awesome. I think it's awesome. I think you guys will love it. It's awesome. Uh, so it's not uh, like as you said earlier. It's not just playing the matches, like playing, pausing, and getting a different angle of it, right? All that. Yeah. So if I wanted to just run a regular match, I could just press play, watch a com versus com match, and let it be. But no, if I wanted to, let's say, do a certain spot, I would have to two controllers right here. I would have to basically boot up these two controllers, and I would honestly. I've mastered this. It took a long time to master this, but sometimes I would play as one guy really quickly, like boom, 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 move his hit, boom, pause it, go to highlight reel, mm -hmm. and I'll have to zoom in and get the right angle I want because I'm like a director. I want the perfect angle yeah. for it to be, you know, for it to be well known. So like in a match, let's say I want somebody to be standing over a wrestler. In the game, you could just see a, a, a motion of someone standing over somebody and boom, that's just kind of it. Yeah. But for me as a director, I want you to, to feel it. So I want to go down to the mat where the guy is laying next to him and I'm going to focus it up just a little bit more so you feel the impact of somebody standing over you. Like that might take like five minutes for me to get that angle and then I have to press play and finish out the rest of the match and stop and st like that takes that could take an hour to do one match could take an hour so yeah a lot of meticulous editing is put into the show um respect because that, that seems very tough to do um 
it's not easy but <laughs> i think if you're very passionate about it and you have a very creative mind you can pull it off so uh diving into another part of your content uh, i can't really think of anybody else because you went to wrestle kingdom right i did wrestle kingdom 14 in 2020 i did at least nobody that I know has been to a Wrestle Kingdom and a WrestleMania. So how do you you want to compare those experiences ah! a little bit? Yes. Yeah, so it's actually really awesome that I get to say that I've been to both. So being at Wrestle Kingdom 14 will always be one of the greatest experiences like like not even wrestling. The like greatest experiences like ever is just being in Japan because that's something I wanted to do since I was younger was to go to Japan and see the country and see the people and eat sushi because sushi is legitimately <laughs> my favorite food. So mm -hmm. eating sushi from Japan is kind of something I always wanted to do. So being able to be in the country and watch this wrestling show that really reinvigorated my love for wrestling because I'll be honest, in 2017, I was starting to fall off because there was no AEW. There was no popularity in New Japan and I was just watching WWE and I didn't like WWE. I didn't like watching Raw or SmackDown. I watched NXT still, but it wasn't on a consistent basis. So I was starting to fall out of love of wrestling up until that Chris Jericho, Kenny Omega feud. And by the time 2018 came around, I'm like, at one time in my life, I will go to Japan and attend Wrestle Kingdom. And within two years, I did that. And it was a fucking awesome experience to be there in that area and see these amazing matches like Will Ospreay versus Hiromu Takahashi legitimately is like top 20 favorite matches of all time. And I got to see that live in person. Okada versus Naito, legitimately top 20 all-time favorite matches. I got to see that in person in Japan. How many people can fucking say that? So that was in 2020. This year in 2022, I got to attend WrestleMania. Now, that experience is almost completely different from this experience because that one really was coupled with meeting a longtime friend of mine who lives in Spain. His name is Fallback. He is a Spanish YouTuber. He has like 500,000 subscribers. Everybody, if you speak Spanish, please go watch Fallback. He's fucking awesome. He's been involved with WWE. He's done press for them. He's done interviews for them. He's been on their Spanish YouTube channel. He's, he's a fucking awesome guy and a great friend. But going down there and meeting him was a great part of the experience. And because he is so involved with WWE, he kind of tagged me along with a lot of the things he was doing. <laughs> like, I got to basically go to WrestleMania and sit next to him on the floor during WrestleMania nights, too. Like, that's something I don't think I might ever be able to do. Let me not say that, because I can't. Mm -hmm. I will at some point. But as of right now, that's something I've never thought I'd be able to say. When I sat on the floor at WrestleMania 38, like, I was... If I took three steps, bro, I was at the barricade. That's oh, how close wow. I was. Mm -hmm. Three steps and I'm at the barricade. And they were very protected. Like, yo, sit down. If you stand <laughs> up, you get kicked. I'm about, oh, I I'll listen. Don't worry. I'm <laughs> listening. But, bro, we were that close. Mm -hmm. And... Earlier in the day, before we got to the floor, we were in a press box, and I got to basically see what it's like to be pressed for a wrestling show. There's content creators up there, Fightful's up there, and people are like, there's chefs serving you food, private bathrooms. It's an experience I never thought I would be able to have. Mm -hmm. And for that alone, I it's almost very hard to compare Wrestle Kingdom from WrestleMania, because Wrestle Kingdom is just me going and being a fan. WrestleMania was me being a fan first. But I'm there making content. I'm there networking and getting all this. Like, it, it's hard to compare the two. You know what I mean? You gotcha. You gotcha. But I, I loved both. 
if I had to choose one over the other, it's extremely, extremely difficult. As an experience, I would say um, probably WrestleMania. As as far as like the matches as a whole, I would definitely go Wrestle Kingdom. Mm-hmm. Both nights of Wrestle Kingdom beat out both nights of WrestleMania. Now, if I had to choose one definitive night that I love the most from all four shows, some people may not like this, but I will go with WrestleMania 38 Night One. I think that show was like one. I I see a lot of people say that was one of the best WrestleManias like ever. Was the first night. Yeah, being there, like I got to experience that. I agree. The first night. Like, yeah. You know, you were there? Yeah. Oh, so you know, man. Like, that being there, maybe not the first two matches, but everything after the third after the third match was just, like, fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. Bianca Becky was great. Oh, my, seeing Stone Cold fucking wrestle was, like, whoever thought we'd be able to say that, right? Mm-hmm. You got to see The Undertaker live. Cody? Like, dude, the WrestleMania night one is a fever dream. It's, yeah. it's very hard to believe that night even happened. I remember leaving the event with my brother and just, like, Dude, we gotta wake up tomorrow and come do this all again. And I was like, man. Yeah, and I don't think I don't think WrestleMania Night Two was as good, but it was still a fairly good oh, show. Oh yeah, it was still know? fun. Yeah. So, um, being there, I'm sure you were, like noticed by you got stopped. Uh, you got stopped and everything. Like, oh, I like your stuff. Oh yeah, I got stopped. Uh, that was the first time I got stopped a lot of times. Mm-hmm. Like I, since doing content and doing um, for the last ten years. I got stopped maybe a, a few times a year, but WrestleMania, I got stopped, I want to say, seven times that entire weekend. And like, yo, I watch your content, love your content, like, you know, you're so awesome. I'm like, oh, thank you. Like, I, I, it feels weird for people to, like, stop me and say they love my content. But like, oh, thank you so much, man. I appreciate mm-hmm. that. And then after WrestleMania, you know, Cody Rhodes, we got back in touch with each other, and I got to go to an AEW show and a WWE show for free. Mm-hmm. I got noticed more at those shows too. And then I went to Chicago and I got noticed at Chicago too. And it's a different experience because I'm with my godson and it's like, hey, let's, I, I had to have a conversation with them. Like, hey, listen, people are going to come up to me and they're going to be like, oh, I'm such a big fan. Da, da, da. Like, people are going to come up to me and say, if you are uncomfortable at any point in time, please let me know. Yeah. Like, I had to have that conversation with him because I don't want him to feel obligated to talk to anybody or interact with anybody, especially because he's 13. Like, you know what I mean? People are weird. So. I had to, you know, had that rundown with him, but you know, I had people come up to me in Chicago and it's like, it's, it's a very, very welcoming experience and an honorable experience to have that, you know, people who enjoy my content and find some escapism and watching me, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like that's all I ever want is to give people an escape from their everyday life. So it's honorable. And I'm sure at some point that will happen to you if it hasn't already. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Uh, hopefully. Um, another one uh kind of kind of the same question but like through social media so obviously you probably had um you've obviously you've had a lot of uh supporters that supported you during your tyler coon days yes and how does how does that make you feel whenever you see that comedy like oh i've been watching you since this dude that that's like the best feeling in the world like though you've been watching me since the tyler coon williams days mm-hmm. that was in like 2018 bro you've been watching me since the i don't get that all the time but like every once in a while like people are like oh man i've been watching you since the youtube days and it's mm-hmm. like i still do youtube just not as much anymore like if i maybe upload like one video a month now mm-hmm. uh and i do the shorts i do that like a few times a week but I, obviously i'm on tiktok every single day so if you watch my content, more than likely you watch me from TikTok and maybe 5% of people I know or 10% of people, I'll say 5, 5% of people 
who watch my content might actually be from YouTube now. So it's like, okay, if you've been watching me since the YouTube days, you're a fucking OG. Like, I, I love <laughs> you so much for that. That is really cool. Um, and with final question, uh, I'm sure a lot of people want to know, how is Cody Rhodes in person? Cody Rhodes is fucking awesome in person, man. He he really is like genuinely one of the one of the coolest guys. Getting to meet him backstage at a WWE event, like you know, he gave my entire family a hug. He asked us questions about like, oh, how was the AEW show and all that kind of stuff, which I didn't expect him to ask, but the mm -hmm. AEW show and whatnot. And he's and he like I don't remember exactly what he said, but I asked him about like, oh, what was your experience like at the last show? I wish I remember what he said, but he said something that was like really cool that he got to be in depth and. We were backstage, and there were like next door. There were the entire, almost the entire WWE roster was backstage. Mm -hmm. Like, and they were. I think it was Kevin Owens' birthday that day, mm -hmm. so I could legitimately hear them singing "Happy Birthday to Kevin Owens," <laughs> and that was just like really fucking cool. You know, Becky Lynch and Liv Morgan, they're like mm -hmm. jumping with joy. They were so excited, and then like ten minutes later, Kevin Owens came out and he wrestled a match, and then he came backstage. It was so cool. Mm -hmm. I got to meet Naomi and all that. Cool. It was awesome. That's like awesome. Cody Rhodes such an awesome person and then I told Cody Rhodes like hey I'm going to be involved at a wrestling match this da, da, da. do you have any advice and within 10 minutes he got back to me and he's like hey don't do this do this shake everybody's hand go get in touch with this guy I trained this guy like he basically gave me advice for my first wrestling event which I took into account which is so fucking awesome mm -hmm. like I'm semi partially very much a little bit trained by Cody Rhodes I'll say <laughs> but you know, <laughs> not really, but it's like I got advice from Cody Rhodes. I, I, who else can say that, right? Like, if I ever decided to, which I don't think I'll ever happen. Let's say if I have another wrestling match and I decide I'm going to pursue training, I'll definitely take the trip to Atlanta, Georgia, to go to the Nightmare Factory. Nightmare Factory. Like, put yeah. it that way. That is, that is really cool, man. Um, I do want to thank you for coming on. This was really fun. Uh. Thank you for having me, man. Like I said, like uh, of like a lot of the content creators I watch, and I don't don't get it twisted. I don't watch a lot of content creators because I'm I'm busy. Like I have a full time job and I have my own content to make. So there are not many people on TikTok that I seek out. But like your videos are somebody that I seek out because you have a very unique style. Your presentation's good. Like you're doing your thing, man. Keep on doing what you're doing. I appreciate that, man. Um, I was gonna say, I'll put you over one more time that you know. You and Naki Lovesy were the reason I joined TikTok, and Steven be able to talk to talk to you, talk to one of y'all. It is really cool, and I appreciate you joining. Uh, if you wanted to plug anything, go ahead. Uh, the next is yours. Uh, well, you guys already know Suplex S O O P L E X on TikTok S O O P L E X X. If you're on Twitter and Twitch, and excuse me, sorry about that. And if you guys are on any other social media platforms and you're looking for me. Just go by the name Suplex. You'll probably find me. I'm not Tyler Quims anymore. That was what I used to be on YouTube. It is Suplex on YouTube as well. I have a second channel called Superplex on YouTube, which I don't upload to right now, but I'll be uploading probably some more content there as well. But yeah, that's all my... Oh, also, I went to Chicago for Forbidden Doors, so if you guys are looking for a vlog to watch, because I attend the vlog every time I travel, WrestleMania and Forbidden Door and Wrestle Kingdom mm -hmm. vlogs are also on the YouTube channel. Uh, check out all of his stuff uh, Go check out the first episode of my podcast We just uploaded it a couple days ago Episode 2 is going to be recorded later today So go check that out later But I appreciate y'all joining the convo with the fans With Mr. Suplex I'll see y'all later Yeah, have a good one